colonization never ended in the white supremacist system. And as we see today, the colonization is in the mind. Now, those who have been enslaved and those who have been colonized, we're still dealing with the remnants of that through the colonization of the mind. Pick up my book, Seven Steps to Decolonize the Mind, and we will help deprogram you from the colonization that was put upon you by generations and generations of white supremacy. You can pick it up today on Amazon.com. Welcome to Chilling with Teddy G, an authentic black channel empowering the black community and capturing the modern day black reality through investigative journalism. I'm your host, Teddy G. Hello to all of my melanated kings and queens, my brothers and sisters in Africa as well as South Africa, and to my listening audience around the globe. I welcome each and every one of you back to another episode of CWTG. As you know, I am Teddy G on your host, and on this channel, you know we discuss anything and everything with absolutely no sugar, no frosting, and definitely no mayonnaise. So y'all go grab yourself your favorite cup of coffee, tea, or latte, and join me for the next few minutes, ladies and gentlemen, as we talk about the uh, wonderful, legendary Archbishop Dismont Tutu, who died today, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the South African cleric who rose to an international prominence in the 1980s as a vocal anti-apartheid activist, died this morning, ladies and gentlemen, in uh, Cape Town. We're going to get right into this story as soon as we do a little housekeeping, because you know how we got to keep the dirty laundries at the studios of Chilling with Teddy G clean with the Copyright Disclaimer Act of 1976 under Title 17, Section 107. Allowances is made for the fair use for the purpose such as criticism, comment, news reporting, teaching, scholarships, and research. Fair use is permitted by the copyright statute that may otherwise be infringing. Nonprofit, educational, or personal use tips the balance in the favor of fair use. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to this story. Now, Arch uh, Bishop Tutu was... Uh, 90 years old when he passed away peacefully at the Oasis Frail uh, Care Center where he had uh, been hospitalized several times since uh, 2015. Now Tutu had been uh, diagnosed with prostate cancer in the 1997, but it was unclear if he had died from the complications uh, from this illness. Now, but still, that's pretty incredible, ladies and gentlemen, because that's over 14 years that uh, the Archbishop lived after he was diagnosed with it. And as, and as you can see, his age was 90. So it seems like early detection and the uh, proper treatment can uh, prolong your life. Now, typically, he turned his own uh, misfortune into a teaching opportunity, you know, to raise awareness and to reduce the suffering of others. <clears throat> now, that was read by uh, a statement from the uh, DeMont and the Leach uh, Tutu Legendary Foundation. Uh, he uh, wanted the world to know that he had uh, prostate cancer and that the sooner it is detected, the better the chances of managing it, which just seems to be true, ladies and gentlemen, dying at 90 years old. Uh, and we don't exactly know even if that was the cause of why he died, because we know when you get around to be... Uh, uh, 90 years old, up in age like that, you know, uh, uh, 
a lot of factors play into your health and to and managing your life and things uh, of that nature. <clears throat> now, according to uh, the New York uh, Post, uh, Archbishop Tutu's vocal anti-apartheid stance earned him a Nobel Peace Prize in 1984, highlighting his position as one of the world's most effective champions for human rights. With the passing of his uh, close friend, Nelson Mandela, in 2013. Now, the Archbishop Tutu was the last living South African uh, Nobel uh, laureate. Now, following the end of his apartheid in 1994, Mandela appointed uh, Tutu chairman of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission uh, tasked with uh, under. Uh, uncovering and documenting the abuse of racist systems. Now, in a uh, statement, the uh, South African president, Cyril Rambosa, said that uh, uh, Archbishop Tutu's passing was another chapter of bereavement as the nation continues to say goodbye to a generation of great men who changed the course of uh, South African history. I absolutely agree with that, and he definitely will be missed, ladies and gentlemen, by by us all. And uh, uh, President Barack Obama, he tweeted that uh, the Archbishop DeMont Tutu was a, uh, a mentor, a friend, and a moral compass for me and so many others. A universal spirit, Archbishop Tutu was grounded in the struggle for liberation and justice in his own country, but also concerned with injustice everywhere. Absolutely, I agree with that statement coming from the former President Barack Obama. As well as a tweet from the uh, president of South Africa saying that the passing of the uh, Archbishop Emeritus uh, Desmond Tutu is another chapter of bereavement in our nation's farewell to a generation of outstanding South Africans who had uh, bequeathed us as uh, liberated South Africans. Wow. So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, that is the sad news that I have to bring to you on this day after uh, the holiday is that we have truly lost a, um, a world leader and icon and activist for everyone around the globe, even here in the, uh, the baddest snakes of America. Let's go to NPR for more coverage uh, on this story. Desmond Tutu has died. He was 90 years old. Tutu was an Anglican Archbishop and a Nobel Peace Prize laureate for his tireless campaign against apartheid in South Africa. After Nelson Mandela became president, he called on Tutu to head the Truth and Reconciliation Commission there, which investigated anti-apartheid crimes. NPR's Afabia Quist Arkton has this remembrance of Archbishop Tutu's life. No one who heard it will ever forget Archbishop Desmond Tutu's chortle of delight and unbridled joy as millions of South Africans lined up in 1994 to vote for Nelson Mandela as their new president. These were South Africa's first democratic elections and Tutu was voting for the first time at the age of 62. I want to sing, I want to cry. 
say, I want to laugh everything together and jump and dance. And we just want to say to our friends out there, you've been fantastic in supporting us. And the day has arrived. <laughs> it had been a long journey for Tutu and Mandela, who spent his first night of freedom after 27 years in jail at then Anglican Archbishop Tutu's residence in Cape Town. For Desmond Impilo Tutu, the son of a high school principal, the church was not his initial vocation. He too started off as a teacher. But the champion of justice felt that the inferior education the white minority rulers were imposing on black South Africans was an insult. Tutu turned to the priesthood and was ordained in 1960. Fifteen years later, he was the first black dean of Johannesburg and committed himself publicly to the fight against apartheid. We are going to be free! We The campaigning priest was arrested more than once, but drew strength, he said, from his faith, his convictions, and fellow South Africans. He condemned all forms of violence and confronted both the apartheid police and vengeful black mobs necklacing alleged spies by throwing tires around their victims and setting them alight. By now firmly on the international radar, Tutu warned the apartheid leaders that racism defied the will of God and that apartheid would not succeed. The system of this country, apartheid, is immoral. The system of this country is evil. But Desmond Tutu allowed himself this cry from the heart. What must we say, which we have not yet said? What must we do, which we have not yet done, to tell the world that all we want is a new South Africa where all black and white will be able to live as equals? In 1984, Tutu was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize, recognizing his work in the anti-apartheid struggle. The archbishop remarked with his characteristic humor that one day no one was listening to him and suddenly, after the prize, anything he said, quotes, the oracle has spoken. After Nelson Mandela was sworn in as president, he asked Desmond Tutu to chair South Africa's grueling Truth and Reconciliation Commission to look into the crimes of apartheid. For the archbishop, the harrowing testimony was traumatic and he broke down and wept with the survivors. One has been deeply humbled by those we have often called the ordinary people. Deeply humbled at their resilience, at the magnanimity of spirit that they have shown. Halfway through the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, which had to fend off criticism from all sides, Desmond Tutu was diagnosed with prostate cancer in 1997 and received treatment. Resilience and his sense of humor helped. Tutu was later a visiting professor in Georgia. He disclosed a recurrence of prostate cancer in 2005, though it did not have a noticeable effect on his hectic schedule. After he retired, the Emeritus Archbishop criticized what he considered the inadequacies of South Africa's new leaders, especially their failure to alleviate poverty. 
He also continued his quest for global peace and social justice, joining the Elders, a seasoned group of world leaders, along with Nelson Mandela, Jimmy Carter, Kofi Annan and others. Even during difficult times, Tutu said overwhelmingly faith remained his companion, and he simply operated on the principles of the scriptures. My freedom is God-given. Nelson Mandela described the Archbishop as a blessing and an inspiration. Desmond Tutu married his wife, Leah Nomalizo, in 1955. They had four children. Ophelia Quistarpton, NPR News. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We have lost another legendary activist and icon, the Archbishop Dismont uh, Tutu. So let's keep his family in our prayers because we know that they are grieving at this time. But there's one thing that I can personally say that uh, he has been a, a contributor to... Uh, the world as a uh, moral compass and and a uh, a leader for what's right and 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 the proper justice, which he helped achieve through eliminating the apartheid. Now, he has many achievements, ladies and gentlemen, that include the honors of, of the uh, uh, Nobel Prize for Peace in 1984. You know, the United States Presidential Medal Medal of uh, Freedom. He got that in uh, 2009, and he was awarded for the uh, Mo Abraham Foundation that recognized his uh, long life uh, commitment to speaking the truth to the power. He got that in 2012, and the Templeton uh, Prize in 2013. So he had many uh, accomplishments, ladies and gentlemen, that was uh, that we would not be uh, have some of the uh, freedoms and liberties that we have in uh, South Africa and around the globe if it was not for his uh, dedication. So we're going to keep that in mind while we mourn the loss of another great black um, activist, you know, a father, a leader, and a bishop. With all that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to leave us with these uh, last few words from the uh, um, Archbishop Tutu as we bid him uh, farewell.
embodies this new spirit of reconciliation in unity. I ask you, welcome our brand new state president out of the box, Nelson Mandela. Declare that the hearing of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission say of a thing like apartheid and you saw so many who seemed to be supporting uh, the racist policies of the former government in South Africa and you say how are we going to change well I always say to people remember the sea is actually made up of drops of water that what you do where you are is of significance. It may just be that your act of courage encourages someone else who was slightly more apprehensive. If you think you can stop us from becoming free, you are going to be stampeded. For until blacks are free, He was in New York City this morning when he heard the news that he had won the Nobel Peace Prize. And this award is saying that it recognizes that we in the South African Council of Churches are those who stand between South Africa and catastrophe. I held on to nonviolence in very large measure, I think, uh, for strategic reasons. If we went the way of the armed struggle, that we probably would not stand too much of a chance against a government that was armed to the teeth. I did get to the point of saying, I am not a pacifist, but that I was a peace lover and a peace advocate. Because of the conflict of the past, no matter on which side we stood, we all stand in need of healing. The truth shocks, the truth traumatizes, and uh, it's not easy. It's never easy to forgive. It's never easy to be reconciled. It's, it's not cheap. Uh, you know, it cost God the death of his son. I could say I have the right to retribution. When I forgive, I say I jettison that right and I open the door of opportunity to you to make a new beginning. When you show compassion, when you show caring, when you show 
love to others, do things for others. In a wonderful way, you have a, a deep joy that you can get in no other way. You suddenly feel a warm glow uh, in your heart because you have, in fact, wiped the tears from the eyes of another. He loved. He laughed. He cried. He was forgiven. He forgave. Thank y'all so much for tuning in to another episode of CWTG. As I tell y'all always at the end of the show, please continue to do your social distancing. We're in the new normal. I tell y'all these things because I love you. Loving you guys is my food. Teddy G is hungry each and every single day of my life. And until I have the opportunity to address you guys again, I bid each and every one of you peace, love, and soul.